It is the word of truth. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer, not a doubter. I'm a doer, not just a hearer. I'm humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I am mature in the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Amen. In the book of Acts, Acts chapter 15, verse 25 and 26, New Living Translation says this. So we decided, having come to complete agreement, to send you official representatives along with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, who have risked, somebody say risk, who have risked their lives for the name. We just got to talk about that, didn't we? So we got a witness here that there were people who risked their lives for the sake and for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? You may be seated. Well, this is going to be our second sermon in the series we've entitled, uh, Jesus is Worth the Risk. Somebody say the risk. You know, when it comes to sharing the gospel, when it comes to witnessing, or when it comes to evangelizing, to seeking, to save those who are lost, sometimes those assignments come with risk. When it comes to striving to live in a way that is pleasing to God, in a way where your life imitates Jesus, sometimes those decisions come with risk. You know, sometimes even when you're in a position that God has placed you in and, and, and people will oppose you for the position that you're in, you've got to realize that being in that position that represents the Lord will sometimes come with risk. Amen? But Jesus is worth the risk, amen? See, a risk is a situation involving where you may be exposed to danger, harm, or loss. Two says the possibility that something unpleasant or unwelcome could happen. You know, sometimes when you go and try to share the gospel with people, it, there is a possibility. You, it could be unpleasant. And some people are unwelcome when you go to share the gospel. But that should not hinder you from doing what God called you to do. You got to be willing to accept the risk. Amen? Risk also means to incur uh, the chance of negative consequences by engaging in a venture or action. Normally when we think about ventures, we talk about how we invest our money. That's a venture. Amen? How many of y'all got some investment in the stock market, mutual funds, whatever you got them in? Even, even if you got an FDIC in the bank, if you read the fine print, you're taking a, you're taking a risk. You know, normally on a daily basis, when you're driving, some of you had to drive here this morning, that was a risk. But today it may be nice because 4th of July weekend, not many people. But on Monday morning, you know, when the school bus rolled, and I told you, just to get on 98 or to come from Crestview, you're taking a... My family flew in from Vegas. And before they could get off the tarmac, the plane was broke. And they had to sit there for an hour and a half, but they still wanted to come see me. So they took the... They believed somebody told them the truth when they said the plane was. We take risks all the time. To my young people, you take a chance. You know, we used to call it taking a chance when you date somebody. You know, you young and up and coming. 
looking for your future, whatever. By getting into that arrangement or into that relationship, you taking a... Y'all ain't got to get quiet right there. Some of y'all already got into the risk. I ain't talking to y'all. I'm talking about the people that, got, that ain't got there yet. But see, what you got to understand is that when you're dating someone, you need to ask the question. Is this person worth... And see, some of y'all ask that question too late. It's too late after you don't walk down the aisle and say it, I do, because you already an acceptance. So I'm just saying, before you take a chance, ask yourself the question, is Leroy worth the risk? He look good, smell good, but is he worth, do he believe in working and taking care of family? Is he worth the risk? Man, you got to ask the same question about your lady. She may be good looking, fine and all that. But is she worth? Let me move on. I wasn't supposed to stay there for a minute, but I, I see y'all getting quiet on me. So on last week, we saw that Queen Esther took a risk for God in order to save the Jews from annihilation. And we closed with the apostle Peter and John putting themselves at risk by teaching people that through Jesus, there is a resurrection from the dead. And because of that, they ended up uh, before the council, and they had to defend what they believed in. And they believed in their heart that it was worth the risk to tell the council that Jesus was the Son of God, and there was no other way to salvation but through him. Now today, we're going to go to the book of Acts chapter 26. Chapter 26, if you got your Bibles, here in Acts chapter 26, the Apostle Paul is standing before King Agrippa, defending why he zealously shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul was risking his life for a message that was offensive to the Jews and unbelievable for most Gentiles. And in his defense, Paul admit that at one time, somebody say at one time, Paul admit that at one time, he did some things that was contrary to the name of Jesus. How many of you know that at one time? Y'all just raise your hand. Say at one time. I'm looking at y'all right now. At one time. I ain't looking at Paul. I'm looking at you. At one time. You did some things that was contrary to the name that you just got through singing about. At one time. And see, that one time didn't hinder you from becoming who you are at this time. And so what you got to use is that one time before to be your testimony of who you are now. So that others can believe that they can get past their one time and get to this time where they know the Lord. So he let them know that, hey, he, he persecuted God's people. He even witnessed some of them dying and did not even complain about it, but gave consent. And on his way to Damascus, you know, he was, had that Damascus Road experience where he had met Jesus personally in a spiritual way. And it changed his life forever. And so now he is standing before King Agrippa to defend what he believed, to defend what God had placed in his heart to do. And we're going to look at this. We're going to look at this. We're going to start in verse 19 of Acts chapter 26. He says, and so, King Agrippa, I obeyed. Somebody say, I obeyed. Do you really mean that? I mean, when the Lord says something to you or speak to you or this word, reveal something to you, do you really obey? 
Think about that. He says, I obeyed that vision from heaven. I first preached to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all Judea. And also to the Gentiles, that was his primary assignment to the Gentiles, saying that they all must repent from, of their sins and turn to God. Somebody say, the turn. All of you must have that the turn experience. Because if you don't have that the turn experience, that means you're walking in the same direction. The turn changed your life. It turns you away from something and towards something else. And he said, I had that experience where I was turned away from persecuting God's people. And the same message that I was persecuting, I turned around. The Lord changed my life. And now I'm preaching the same thing I persecuted. Some of y'all need to tell folks about your turn. If you have turn. See, sitting in church is not testimony that you have Church folk will do some crazy stuff when they leave here. So they got to turn to God and prove that they have changed by the good things that they do. So he give us a little answer to the test. If you don't turn, then people ought to see a change in you. Your change should be evident. You shouldn't be in no closet where don't nobody know whether or not you have Change. Your change is your testimony. And all of you should have a testimony where you can talk about what God has changed your life. Because if you don't have that lifelong testimony, that testimony that you know in your heart, then it's a good possibility you didn't turn. You just come to church. But you didn't turn. Your testimony is your ministry. That is the best thing that you can talk about and be authentic is you. Because don't nobody know you like you do. And there are some people out there who are similar to you before you made the change. And they need to know that change is possible. Then the risk. Look at verse 21, the risk. He says, some Jews arrested me in the temple for preaching this, and they tried to kill me. The risk. But Paul believed that Preaching Jesus was worth the risk. He was, it was worth risking his life to get others to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Now look at this. But in the risk, he got a testimony. As he talked, he says, but God protected me right up until this present time. So I testify to ev- somebody say everyone. Your story can be for everybody that you meet. You can tell everybody. Everybody needs to know something about Jesus, and they need to know how he changed your life. So Paul said, look, I I testify to everybody. And see, the thing is today, the reason the world is where it is, there's not enough Christians testifying. We ain't talking. See, look here. This is y'all assignment for the day when you leave here. I want you to go out there and get on your network. Tweet it, Twitter it, whatever you do, Instagram it you know, Facebook it, you know, whichever one it is, you know, the 100, what's the one, the 180 carat, 200 carat, something like that, which that's Twitter, okay, whichever one of them you got, because I know some of y'all got multiple ones, I want you to get out there and talk about your change just for about 150 characters, and just put it out there for everybody to know, that's your testimony, just put it out there, that's your sign, I know all y'all, gonna, y'all, y'all thumbs, y'all thumbs probably itching right now, 
ready to go, just ready to go. You know, just what I'm trying to say, you're already doing it. So do it to glorify the Lord. I'm not trying to tell you to get rid of your phone and your Twitter and your accounts and all that, Facebook and all that. No. Use it to God's glory by glorifying his son. He said, now, my testimony is that I testify to everyone from the least to the greatest. Some of y'all are scared of talking to folk with power and prestige. It's easier to talk to somebody you can look down on, but what about talking about Jesus to somebody you look Some of y'all got some bosses that need to hear a little bit about Jesus. And if it's not against the law on your job, you ought to at least let him know you're saved. So he says, I talk to the least, to the greatest. And I teach nothing except what the prophet and Moses said would happen. That the Messiah would suffer, talking about Jesus, and be the first to, be, to rise from the dead, and in this way announce God's light to the Jews and the Gentiles. In other words, light here talk about knowledge, revealing something. Jesus was a revealer. He revealed to us what God is really like. Because he being God in the flesh, he could let us know exactly what the Father is like. So in shedding that light, he was revealing to us who God is. And so what we have to do is when we share the gospel, we reveal to people who Jesus. And by revealing Jesus to them, you're also revealing God because Jesus and God are one. You know, and, and, and he said that he must suffer first and be raised from the dead and in this way announce God's light to the Jews and the Gentiles. That's why we say Jesus is the light of the world. And he told us we ought to be light so that others can see our works and then glorify God. So we all have a responsibility to share the knowledge that we have about Jesus with others. And it starts with your children. Your children ought to know who Jesus is. Amen. Let me move on. Now once he said that, I see the insult in verse 24. Because suddenly Festus shouted, Paul, you are insane. <laughs> you know, you're crazy. Too much study has made you crazy. He said, in other words, you know too much about this Jesus, and because you got so much knowledge of him, Finley, somebody say you, they think you're crazy. They thought he was crazy because he was talking with confidence and conviction about what he believed. Have you ever talked to someone that really knows something about something, and they are passionate about what they know? You can't get a word I got a daughter like that. When she left you on the I didn't say which one, so don't y'all start looking around. Don't, start, don't, start, don't, start, don't, start, don't start looking around. But, 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 but when they get passionate, you know, sometimes you may think they done lost their mind because they're passionate about something and they just won't shut. Just won't shut up. Because the passion. And so this guy seeing that passion said, man, you are crazy. You done learned too. You know, some of y'all know a lot about what I've been talking about, the social network stuff. Y'all done learned so much on it that when y'all get into it, folks say they must be crazy. <laughs> I mean, they can tweet like this, they can be doing this, they can hit this one, they connected to the whole, they must be 
So y'all, I just want y'all to prove some folks right. I'm crazy for Jesus. So when you leave here, get out there and put it on your social network exactly what he has done for. Now look at Paul's bold response in verse 25 to 27. He says, but Paul replied, I am not insane, most excellent Festus. What I am saying is the sober truth. In other words, I'm in my right mind and I'm speaking truth to power. And look how he come at the king. Now, this is how you know he bold because Festus was just a governor, but now he comes at the king saying, King Agrippa knows that these things, knows about these things. I speak boldly for I am sure these events are familiar to him for they were not done in a corner. And King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? And before the king could answer, he said, I know you do. Now, you got to be bold. You don't ask the king a question, and before he can say he do, you say, I do. How do I know you do? Because I know you're a Jew, and I know what you were taught coming up through Jewish culture, and I know they taught you the prophets. And also I know that you know about Jesus because the things he did, he didn't do them in the dark. He did them in the light. So people saw people getting healed, saw lives being changed. They saw him beat. They saw him crucified. They saw him put on that cross. It was not done. So he said, King, you know what I'm talking about. Don't sit there and try to pretend you ain't got an understanding of what I'm saying. I know you. See, when you know what you know, and you know it to be true, you can say it with boldness. It's only when you're timid and weak and shy and don't understand what you're talking about. But when you have a strong conviction about the Lord, you got to get bold with that thing. And I'm not telling you to go out and beat people down. You can sound bold and passionate. You ain't got to beat them down. But look at you don't let them talk you down. So he says, you know, I know you do. And Agrippa interrupted him. And I call this the mocking question in verse 28. Agrippa interrupted him saying, do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? You mean you're going to come in here and give me your life story and your testimony and you think all of a sudden I'm going to believe in this resurrection and this Jesus and all that you're saying? You think you can do that so quickly? Some folk ain't going to come quickly. But that shouldn't stop you from talking about Jesus. There's going to be some people who are looking for them when you find them because they've already been watered. They're just waiting on someone to come and nurture what's been watered. They're ready. But there's going to be some hard cases out there, Finley. And you ain't going to win them with the first time you have a conversation with them. But don't lose heart. You just stay the course. You keep presenting Jesus and trust him for the outcome, not you. So the king threw it back in his face. But Paul, you know, wasn't on back down in Paul. He wasn't scared. Look what he replied. He says, whether quickly or not, I pray to God that both you and everyone in this audience might become the same as I am. I don't care if you believe me or not, but I'm still praying that every one of y'all except Jesus already know him as your Lord and Savior and that you're willing to go out and represent him in a way that brings glory and honor to God. He says, the only thing I don't want y'all to be going through, because I know some of y'all can't handle it, I don't want y'all to need change. Because some of y'all ain't ready for that suffering part yet right now. Y'all, you know, y'all think that there's just a rosy path, to, you know, to the heavens. But I'm telling you that sometimes it comes with struggle. 
Sometimes it comes with challenges. Sometimes it comes with some pain. And what he was telling him, hey, look, I wish all of you all had the same passion that I have, but I don't want you to have to go through what I'm going through and have. But if you do have to go through it, Jesus is worth the risk. Amen. Jesus is worth the risk. Now, let's go to my next turn. I want to take another look at another passage. Go to 2 Corinthians. This is my last one. It's pretty long, but I'm going to try to deal with it in a timely fashion. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Chapter 4. And what I want you to understand here is that living in the power of Christ will involve risk. And the Holy Spirit inside of you trying to do what God called you to do, it will involve risk. The Apostle Paul reminds us that though we may be, you know, may think we are at the end of our rope, we must never be at the end of our hope. Because our body, until we die, is still subject to sin and suffering. But God never abandoned us. And all the risks that you take, the humiliation that you go through, the trials that you endure, are opportunities for Jesus to demonstrate his power in your life. And as he demonstrates his power in your life, then your life is supposed to be a testimony to someone else so that they will accept him. The reason you go through things in life as a Christian is not for you. It's for somebody else so that they can see how you handle trials, so they can see how you handle trouble, so they can see how you handle stress, so that when they get there, they will have a testimony because they can't see Jesus. They don't see God. They see Jesus. And when people see you, then you got to believe that if you represent Jesus, they're going to see him. Y'all in 2 Corinthians chapter 4? I'm going to read verse 1 through 12. And I'll be done. Verse 1, I want you to say is no quitter. Paul was not a quitter. Somebody say quitter. See, it's too many Christians now just quit. Game ain't even over. Over. They've already quit. Throwing the towel. All because they don't have the spirit on the inside of them to keep them in the fight. And God didn't bring us into this fight simply for us to quit. He understands, Finley, every now and then you may get knocked down. But he knows that you're going to get up. And Paul is letting us know that, hey, this is not always an easy way to live. But when I live it in accordance with the word, and I live it knowing that Jesus is my source, then I can endure the hardship that comes as a good soldier. Amen. Now look at it. He says now, therefore... Since God in his mercy has given us this new way. Somebody say this new way. See, right now, you're not supposed to be operating in the old way. You got a new way that deals with salvation, that deals with righteousness, that deals with godliness, that deals with what people need to know to get to heaven. You are walking in a new way. Somebody say new way. See, if you're not walking in a new way, it's a good possibility you're still operating in the Ain't no in-between way. You either in the new way or you in the... And you can tell by your lifestyle. 
You know what you did before Jesus? Don't make me, you know, go there. We know, because it's still up here, what we did before. And you know if you're walking in the, the new way. He said, because we walk in this new way, we never give. Something on the inside of me just won't let me quit. Just won't let me throw in the towel. No matter what comes in my life, no matter how tough things get, there's something on the inside that just say you can make it through this. You don't give. It's easy to quit. It don't take nothing to throw in the towel. But it takes everything to stay in the fight when it looks like the odds are stacked against you. But so many people will walk away because they don't understand they have a responsibility to the new way. Don't go back to the old way. Stick with the new way. The new way, Finley, is a better way. It may not look like that at first while we're growing and learning about Jesus and the things we're supposed to do. It may not look like a better way. But just like a stock, you don't hit it overnight most of the time. When you put your money in it, it don't just automatically get you a million dollars. You got to look at that little puppy every now and then and say, okay, he's moving in the right direction. Well, the day he took a tumble, do I get scared and go back to the old way? Or do I ride him out? If it's a blue chip, I'm going to ride him. Why? Because he's been around for the test of time. He's not one of those fly-by-night companies. This guy that was here when they started the market. He know the ins and outs of the market. So therefore, I'm going to ride him out. And what I'm trying to tell you, you're going to have to learn how to ride Jesus out even when the times get tough in you. Because the new way is better than the old way. And because you're in a new way, you should never give. Now look what Paul says in this new way meant that he was no longer a deceiver. Not a deceiver. Look what he says. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. In other words, when I operate in my ministry, Paul is saying, I'm not going to be doing out, going out there doing shameful things and then operating and present God in an underhanded way. How did I know what he was talking about? Because he said, we don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. See, this Bible, if you read it long enough and you don't have a true spiritual understanding of what you read, you can find anything in here that support a case that you want to build, even if it was against God. That's why unlearned, slash ignorant people can come to church and be hoodwinked by a man or woman up here because they don't know the... That's why Paul said, hey, I'm not going to use any underhanded ways to try to get you to believe Jesus. I'm not going to try to trick you into believing Jesus because if I do that, once you realize you've been tricked, you're never going to come back. But I'm going to tell you the truth up front and then the truth will make you free or is it going to send you away from here? I'm tired of preachers out there using underhanded methods to get folk. This gospel now has not got away from Jesus to now preachers want to know how many likes they got. How many follow Finley? How many follow? That's okay for you, Finley. You, you're a student of the word and you're growing. I don't have no problem you telling me you got a thousand followers. But to have a man or woman of God glory in the I got a thousand. You ain't got no thousand followers. If they following you, they following Jesus. 
I mean, how many likes you got? Who? How many look for your likes every day on your Facebook, on your whatever page you got out there? I want some likes. I want some likes. Well, look here, like Jesus. And let him bring the friends in your life. Take a chance with him. You're out there trying to be popular with folks you don't even know. I ain't going to trick you. Go get your favor page and put a nice picture of you out there, and then folks going to just follow you. Come now. Now, be you. Be the real you. Don't put that 20-year-old picture up. You ain't like that no more. <laughs> you don't look like that no more. <laughs> Stop fooling folks. You don't look like that no more. Come on. You're a Christian now. You can't be putting up no picture that don't look like you. Out there deceiving folks. They think No, you can't practice that. Why? Because you're walking in a new way. He said, we don't use underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. Paul said, everybody who honest know this. I'm not a deceiver. He said, if the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is, only, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Now, he's going to explain what he means by that. See, there are some people out there who the, 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 the devil, you know, the one who is the ruler of this world, he got them blinded. And because, and we were blinded at one time, but someone had to take off the blinders. And that's what our job is to do. We got to go and share the light of the gospel of people who are being blinded by the message of the devil. The reason that is so true is because people are more readily uh, to believe a lie than they are the truth. Lies can live forever and ever and ever and ever. And you know, I've been looking and keeping up with stuff, and I'm going to throw my little political piece right in here right about now, because I do that every now and then. That lady who was testifying this week, she put herself at... She took a... When you start saying some things like that and calling some names, you are taking a... And I hope she's prepared for the risk that's coming. And now if that lady can do that for the nation, she's thinking, then surely you can do that for the kingdom. You can take a risk for the kingdom of God. You can let somebody know about Jesus and take that. We'll pass just coming to church to be fed. It's time for us to feed others what we have been taught. And there are people out there who are perishing because they are being blinded by lies. And you know, once a person bites into a lie and believes it, you better have your A game when you talk to somebody. Because sometimes evidence, one piece of evidence ain't enough. You may have to tell your whole, whole life story. I mean, you may have to get down to the R-rated version of you. Don't y'all get quiet right there. I knew, I knew that was going to hit a nerd that wasn't in my notes. Don't get quiet right there. See, because I believe there's a good possibility there's a PG-13 you, a G you, and an R you. I hope you don't have an X version of you, but just in case. But just in case, it may be the X part of you feeling that can win somebody to love. Stop hiding the X. You deliver from it. You're walking in a new 
The X-rated version of you is your test. All y'all gonna say is try to play me. I, I, I'm gonna give y'all the benefit of the doubt. I believe you know most of y'all be PG-13, but don't don't try to play me too much further than that. Now nah, I'm I wasn't born last night. And I know if I can be R-rated, it's a good possibility that 90% of y'all, I won't go 100%, but it's a good possibility. You got to see you have an assignment to keep people from perishing. You got to see people who don't know the Lord as people who are living and dying at the same time. And if you don't see that, then you won't place any value on their life. And when you place value on a person's life, then you would do anything to help them to save their life. Now look what he says in verse 4. He says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the mind of those who don't believe. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. That's why we got to keep it before them. We got to keep shining on them. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. It's hard for them to understand that God and Jesus are one. They got to understand that when he came, he represented God in the earth, and he revealed who God was to us in the earth. It's hard to get that message through to people. It's hard to get through the fact that, hey, he was beat for your sins. He was buried, put on the cross and buried, and then he rose so that you can be set free from the bondage of sin. When you start talking things like that and trying to get people to believe that they can come out of the mess that they're in and live a better life, you know it's going to be hard for them to receive that if they got on blindness because sometimes you can live in mess and think that's a good life. Because sometimes mess will provide you all the comforts of this. And if it's the comforts of this world that you're looking for, then you can stay in your mess and, and feel like, I am old. But there are people perishing. And it's our God, our job, to let them know about Jesus. Look here. Paul was not a self-promoter. Look at what he said in, in verse 5. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. Y'all just watch some of the folks who y'all listen to when y'all ain't listen to Pastor Bowden. And I know sometimes when I get on the wrong page, y'all will flip to y'all favorite guy on, online. And y'all going there because he ain't going to challenge you and hit you in the face. He's going to make you, I come to church to just feel good. Feel good. You, you just want to feel good and just live in your mess? He's going to never tell you that something's got to change as a new you? He ain't going to never challenge you to be the new you? He's going to let you feel good doing you. And doing you don't look nothing like I'm not that guy. Amen. I don't come here to glorify Larry Bowden. It ain't about me, it's about Jesus. That's why, you know, I said, you know, if, if it's about him, he is concerned about his likes. And when I preach a message that I don't get no likes, I ain't going back to that type of message. I'm going to stay with the one that give me the... They playing you. Tickling your itching. 
and then you hit the like button. Bam! Confirmation. I need to stay in that vein right there because they like that. But what about change? What about the new you? What about giving up some of that? What about accountability? You know that young folk don't like that? Counter who? Answer to somebody who? He says, now look, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. In other words, when we go out and do what the Lord called us to do, we don't do it for our sake. We do it for their sake because we want to let them know that Jesus is Lord of our life. And if you make him Lord of your life, your life can be better too. You can enjoy this new you, this new way of doing things. It ain't just for me. It's for anybody who wants to accept Jesus Christ. And that's why the light got to be shined always on him. It's always got to be about him. He is the one that died. He is the one that, you know, went through all the suffering for our sins. Not Pastor Bolden, not Pastor X up there and Pastor Y down here or Pastor Z up in Canada. And none, none of them guys died for you. And if they got a good message, fine. But every now and then that message got to talk about And you go to church for three months and you don't even hear Jesus' name mentioned. It's your self-help message. Oh, you got to feel better on your way to work this morning. So, no, no, no. You need to take Jesus to work with you. And if you take Jesus to work with you, you'll live, live, you'll feel better when you walk out the door. You don't have to wait till I'm going on the way to the job to feel. No, I feel better because I know who's on the inside of me. Time out for some of y'all getting them self-help messages. Time for you to do something with the self-help message. If the self-help message is not turning you into the new you, it ain't doing nothing for you. But making you feel. I would love to just come here every Sunday and make y'all feel good. I wouldn't have to go through all this time studying and reading all that because I could just know where the nerves is at. To make y'all feel good. I know how to pitch my voice to make you I know the right words that you can say to make people. And see, when you do that, you can feel, they can feel something moving on them. And they can, I feel. But then when I say you're supposed to look like Jesus. <laughs> all feeling go away. I mean, I ain't feeling that. I ain't feeling that. I ain't. Let me go ahead and finish. I said, I'm going to be He says, now look, but God, in verse 6, who said, let there be light in darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts. We got Jesus in our hearts. So we can know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. So when the light comes in us, we're supposed to share the light with everybody else. And it's like he used the old analogy of, the, of, of Genesis God spoke and said, let there be. When light came, there was a new creation. When light came into you, you becomes a... You're not the same you. That's why he could talk about the new you, the change you, the new way. Something about you has changed because light has come into you, and now you're supposed to share the light that you have with those who are still walking in darkness. Now look at this. 
verse 7, what we normally quote, I, I normally use the King James, but I'm going to read it from the New Living. He says, now we have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. In other words, he's saying to us, we're just ordinary clay vessels, ordinary dirt. Man was formed from the dirt, so that's all you is a pile of, and a pile of dirt ain't worth much. But it's what's on the inside of the dirt that make it. And so I got this little box. I hope y'all get this. He's saying, now look, this little box here probably don't cost no more than about $10. Ain't worth much. But guess what? If I put a 10000 or let me make it big, a $10 million diamond inside this box, it changed the whole outlook of that. Now, when this box got this $10 million diamond in it, it is not designed to be closed. Because everybody ought to see that $10 million. And what I'm trying to see, that is the great reveal. You got something on the inside of you, and you're nothing but an ordinary clay pot. And every now and then, you got to open you up so that people can see what's on the inside of you because what's on the inside of you is what makes you valuable, friendly. Not what you look like on the outside because on the outside you just dirt. But in you, you got the gospel. And so Paul said, now look, because see, when you get this $10 million diamond on the inside of you, everybody ain't going to appreciate the diamond. Some folk may want to abuse it. Some folk going to come against it. Some folk going to be jealous because they ain't got it. But when that comes, that can't stop you from doing what God has called you to do. He said, now look, we have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing a great treasure. Somebody say a great treasure. This makes it clear that the, our great power is, not, is from God and not ourselves. In other words, by me understanding that I'm only the box, it's the diamond inside the box that gives me the power to make folk want to open it up. And so because I realize that, I take no credit for just being the box. My job is to glorify the diamond that's in the box. My job is to talk about the one who died for me. My job is to make Jesus real to everybody. My job is to reveal to him the value that I have in my heart. And you can't do that if you're afraid to share your testimony. Or you're afraid to share the gospel. So again, Simon number one today, come out your box. Leave here and go and have your great reveal. You know, they're revealing everything now. Babies get the great reveal. You know, come to the great reveal. People get a new house, come and see the great reveal. They remodel something. Come and see the great. You've been remodeled? You ain't the same person you used to be? Then let's go. Have a great Finley, that'll draw your friends. See, they used to say, hey, come and, and join me today for my great reveal. They're going to all be online. What Finley's got this wisdom, this knowledge, even jealous? Let me start talking about P.G. Finley. They're going to be interested. And y'all hang on till I get to the R-rated version. Because I'm giving you a reveal to let you know how the Lord changed my and show you that if he did it for I mean, that's a challenge for the week. I done said a lot. Just remember that all of you all, you got a network out there of some sort. Have a great reveal. 
I know that was going to go over tough right there. See, if you ain't ready for the great reveal, you ain't ready for what Paul said next because he started talking these statements, you know, a paradoxical statement that would turn most Christians off. You know, because they didn't, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for this risk. But what did he say? He says, we are hard pressed on every side by trouble. I got Jesus in my life, but trouble is still going to come. And even though they come, I still got to hold on to the faith that I have in Jesus. He said, but we are not crushed. When you are, you know, pressure will come against you. But if you don't have nothing on the inside of you, pressure can overwhelm you. But if you have something that seals you, kind of like, like this little bottle of water. When it is sealed properly, I'm going to use it before, I can put pressure on it. And it won't go nowhere. But if I take the top off and squeeze it, water going everywhere. Y'all got to stop taking the top off you in pressure. That's why you blowing up <laughs> under pressure. That's why he, he can't handle pressure. No, you got to be able to handle pressure because on what's on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit being on the inside of you is supposed to be able to regulate your, your pressure. I know y'all don't want to hear that. I know that. I know y'all, because some of y'all just get, feel like you just got to blow up because you're under pressure. But I'm trying to tell you, you can handle pressure. You've been built to handle pressure. He said, we are not crushed. Some of y'all, look here, what is your testimony going to look like when pressure crushes you and you're trying to get somebody else to come on this team? Who want to be on a team full of crushed folk, Fabian? All their testimony is crushed, beat down, going through, ain't never made it yet. Man, somebody got to see you stand up to pressure and endure it like a good soldier. He says, we are perplexed. <laughs> Some of y'all sitting here confused in your mind right now. What are you talking about? They're perplexed. Your mind is all they're perplexed, confused, puzzled. We're, we're puzzled by life situation. Life coming, just puzzled. Don't know what, oh, they're just, oh, they're pulling my. He says, that's Okay. But don't let that drive you to despair. It's okay to be perplexed every now and then. But don't let it drive you crazy. Do something about it before you get to that point so that you don't lose hope. He says, we are hunted down. See, we live in a free nation and, and they ain't hunting us down. So y'all ought, ought to glory in this right here. You can talk about Jesus and ain't nobody hunting you down. But if they do, he says, we'll hunt it down, but we'll never abandon. We are knocked down, but we are not destroyed. So that let us know that every now and then on this journey with the Lord, Jimmy, you may get knocked down. But it's not the knockdown that counts. It's whether or not you're going to get up. Many champions have been knocked down. But as long as the fight is still going, there's a possibility for you to win. But if you stay down, you're going to get counted out. And it's still got 10 rounds left to go. You don't know what God can do in the last 10 rounds of your life. You need to keep fighting all the way to the... Yes, you're going to be knocked down. Yes, challenges are going to come. Yes, trouble's going to come. It comes to everybody. It rains on the just and the unjust. 
But when they come, they may knock me down, but they ain't going to destroy me. Because I know that I got something on the inside of me that can cause me to bounce back once I've been knocked down. Now look at this. He says, verse 10, through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be seen in our body. In other words, I'm trying to reveal Jesus through me. He says, yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. In other words, evident is another way of saying is that we want Jesus' life to be revealed in us. That's why I told you, you need to go out of here and have your great reveal. Some of y'all ain't never been revealed yet. You come to church, you ain't never been revealed. Don't nobody really know what you know about Jesus. They just know you come to church from 10 to 12 on Sunday. You need to go have your great reveal. Beth, is it okay if they have a great reveal? I mean, just, just that, that ought to be a hashtag when we leave here. All your hashtag great reveal Bowling. Hashtag great reveal Finley. Adrian. Hashtag. And see who want to read about your reveal. What you going to reveal? Don't be scared of the old you. You operating in the new you. You're only scared if the old you is still dominating. Then you can't reveal. You got to stay here. Let me go back over here. I said I wasn't going to meddle today. I'm, I'm not supposed to meddle. But I just got to say it like it is. Amen? So he said, now look. The life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. In other words, every day we live, we get closer to death. And in our dying and, and living, we're supposed to be revealing Jesus to everybody that we meet. And this is why he said this. Look at this. I'm done with this. He said, so we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. I am not going through this, is what Paul says. I'm not going through this for me. I'm going through this for So that when you see Jesus revealed in me, you will in turn want to have him in your life. I think the reason so many of us won't talk about Jesus is because once we reveal him, it exposes us, but it saves others. And because we don't want to be exposed, we let others die. Around us every day, there are people dying who need to know about Jesus. And the only way we can do that is to realize it's about their life, not yours. Because you've already accepted him. Now you live to get others to where you are. Amen? I say great reveal. So look here, you know y'all hit me up. That's how they say it, Finley, hit me up. I want y'all to hit me up. I don't even go out there. However y'all can hit me up, tweet me, tip, you know, hit, text me. I want y'all to just give me some evidence that y'all got something out of this message today. So when y'all go down, my number, 862-259-3070. Shoot me a text. Bam! Pastor, I did the great risk. Don't do that. I ain't got no problem. I ain't got no problem. Wake me up tonight, man. I'll shout. 
when I see y'all have made a reveal and somebody got saved, I'd be like the angels in heaven. Shout. I, I need some, Adrian, I want some evidence. I don't want to leave here thinking they did what pastor said. I want some, put it in writing so it'll stand up in the court of law. Amen. So when they find my phone, they'll say, oh, she testified. He testified that he went through the great risk. I'm through. I ain't got, I ain't got nothing else to say to make y'all happy. But Jesus is Lord. Amen. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. And that's enough. Amen. 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 We thank God for his word. And I tell you, Jesus is worth the risk. He's worth the risk. If Paul and Peter and those guys took risks for Jesus, we got to be willing to take the same risk. But we live in a time now where we don't have to always fear death because of what we believe. And anything short of, that, of death to me is a victory for sharing the gospel. Amen? Amen. Well, this is our communion Sunday, so we want to prepare our hearts and minds to celebrate uh, communion. So let us first, let me just make some appeals, and then we'll go into our communion service. With all heads bowed all eyes closed. My first appeal is for salvation. If you're here and you never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then I ask that you please just raise your hand. Or if you're online and you want to send us a message, an instant message to let us know, or you can give us a call to 862-850-862-3899. Just give us a call here at the church, and we definitely would like to share that salvation experience with you. If you're here, raise your hand. Raise your hand. I see no hands raised, and I take the all to say my second appeal is for new members. If you're here and you're looking for a church home and the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart and you believe that striving for perfection ministry is the place for you, raise your hand. If you're online, you can do likewise. Just give us a call. Truly, we'd love to have you as a part of this body. If that is your sincere desire, we would love to have you. So please raise your hand at this time. My third appeal is for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you're here and you never been taught about the Holy Spirit and the power that he possess, we possess in him, and you want to know more about him and his baptism, please raise your hand. We've got literature that we'll share with you, we'll pray with you, and believe you too can be filled with his spirit, be filled with the spirit of God. Please raise your hand. If you're online, you can do likewise, just give us a call here. Then my final appeal is for, for prayer. If you've got a prayer concern, those of you that want to come to the altar, you can. If you want to stand at your seat, you just want to sit. However you want to do it, we just want to Lift up our concerns and our cares to God in prayer, even if our prayer involves a praise report. It's a time for you to set your heart and mind on that, however you feel led to do so. Hallelujah. However you feel led to do so. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you, Lord, for Jesus Christ and him being crucified. We thank you, God, for the love that you've shown through him. And now, God, we just ask that that love will resonate in our hearts and minds so that we can love others like you loved us. God, we pray that you give us the courage to go out and be that light so that the world can see Jesus through us. God, give us the boldness to be able to stand before men, small and great, to give our testimony of what you've done in our lives so that they can know that we are the new person, that the new us that is operating because of Jesus. And God, for those of you who are coming with concerns today, you may have issues in your life, you may have health challenges you're going through, financial issues, whatever it is that 
has got you into a state of being perplexed right now, I want to pray for you that even though you have those situations, that you don't lose hope, that you don't lose hope in the fact that Jesus will bring you through whatever it is you're going through. Yes, you may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but fear no evil because the Lord is with you. And God, I just thank you for touching our bodies right now, touching our minds right now, touching our finances right now, God, touching our children right now, whatever it is, God, that have them in a state of being perplexed, God. I pray that you move by your spirit on that situation right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. And God, we just come, thank you for Jesus Christ's example before us. And God, we just pray now that you allow us to be that example before the world. When we leave here, God, let us be a living epistle. Let us tell our story. Let us share our letter with someone that will want to know who Jesus is. We thank you in advance for what you're going to do, God, because somebody is going to be bold enough to act on your word today. Somebody is going to be bold enough to do that great reveal today. Somebody is going to accept the risk and do what they've been called to do and challenged to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you will.